This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. So last summer, one of my good friends got engaged. And when I told my siblings, my brother said, not to throw shade, but do you have any friends who aren't married? And the answer was, and still is, no, not really. Of course, I know people who are single, but the women I'm close to and regularly spend time with are all married. I was 21 when I attended a close friend's wedding for the first time, and during the ceremony, I started crying uncontrollably. This was not cute crying. This was full-out weeping, and I was weeping because as happy as I wanted to be for my friend, I felt like I was losing someone that day. The relationship changes that happen when friends get married are really hard. It means people you used to get crepes with late at night now want to stay home and cuddle with their partners, or that seeing a friend requires visiting with a spouse and kids too. As the single friend, I've experienced the pain of feeling like my married friends have left me behind. And I know from talking to friends who are married, they experience the pain of not being included in some of their past social circles. Because so many of my friends are married, I've spent the past four years learning how to adapt my relationships to this new stage of life. Not all of my friendships have made it, but one relationship I've been successful in adapting is my friendship with Mari Randall. Mari and I became roommates in 2017, about six months before she married her husband Ryan. Mari loves to read and go running, is a fan of good snacks, and is the mother of two little boys who are one and two. She and I sat down to talk about what has helped our friendship become stronger as our lives have taken different paths. So even though Mari and I met when we were roommates, the point our friendship really took off was when I was working a job with very odd hours near her house and would come and visit her and her new baby Rex when I had free time. I recognized a lot of how reliable you are. And if I needed help with Rex or very frequently, you would offer to like babysit Rex while I went to the temple or those types of things as well. And so I feel like those things too just helped me learn really fast. Oh, Maddie's super trustworthy. She's super reliable, really easy to talk to. I learned like all these things about you really fast that I was like, oh, okay, great. Maddie's a great friend. I love Maddie. So that was really exciting to me to see each other so often at a weird point in both of our lives (laughs) and then get to know each other in that way. I just think as you say that too, I knew that you were somebody that had space for me in their life that you wouldn't find it annoying if I was like, can I come have lunch? Can I drop by? I feel like it was definitely two ways. I was somebody that you could trust with like Rex and that you knew was a safe person to have come over. But also I knew that you were someone that wasn't bothered by that, that like you had space in your life for me. Totally. Which I think, honestly, I don't know that you and I could have been friends at any other point. I think that was pretty necessary for me to like be going into being a stay-at-home mom and having so much time on my hands, that's what really made both of us available was the way your work schedule was and the way that my life was. It just really worked. 
at that time for us. And then now it's been nice because even though our lives have shifted a lot since then and our jobs, your job schedule and how many kids I have, et cetera, has all shifted. I feel like we've been able to continue what we built when we did have more time. I feel like we met when we had time for each other and now we make time for each other. And I think the fact that our relationship started with us using our time creatively, that's always been a part of our friendship, taking what the other has and using it creatively. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you are the master of that. I appreciate that all the time. I think about that all the time. Like, I'm a terrible texter and Maddie just keeps texting me anyway. I'm like, I just love her for it. So I love it. I just want to talk about things that have helped us maintain a close friendship. Something that's been like very important is one, your husband is nice to me. I definitely have friends and by friends, a friend whose husband I'm very confident thinks I'm super annoying. We just weren't able to stay friends after she got married because he just doesn't like to spend time around me. So it just doesn't work. But I think also sometimes when your friends get married and have babies, everything that happens in their life is more important and more real because it's marriage and children. And when you're not the person who's married and not the person who's having children, it's, oh, yeah, that's a big deal. But once you like are a real adult and have a family, you'll know that thing is not as big of a deal. And you've never treated the things happening in my life as if they're less important than yours. They may be different, but they've never been treated with a different level of importance. I'm glad to hear you say that. I have never really put that into words as my own feeling or realized that, but I do totally feel that way. You're making huge life decisions all the time. And I love to be a part of that. I love to hear about it. I think it's so significant and like, it's just fun too. It's so fun to talk to you about what's going on in your life and who you're becoming and what you want to become and what's playing into that. I just think there's so much to digest and so much to talk about. I can see how someone marginalized some of those things based on what their own experiences are. But I think, yes, totally. Your life is every bit as interesting, important huge decisions as mine is. And it's so fun to have somebody even in a different situation than me and talking about those things and making those decisions. Even a few years ago, when I was like distraught about a boy and was probably way more distraught for way longer than I needed to be, was never like, well, Maddie, obviously you're not going to marry him. It's not a big deal. You were sad and frustrated for me, even though it was just a completely different type of relationship experience than the relationship experiences you've been having over the past few years. And I think that goes both ways. That's been a two-way street for sure. I had a miscarriage. I've had two babies. I like all these hard things and good things and simultaneously hard and good things too that I feel like you've never once said, yeah, Mari, but everybody has kids. Two-year-olds are just like that. It's no, I'm sorry. Or, you know, I just feel like that's definitely a two-way street for us. I never feel like you are putting my feelings aside or saying like, yeah, miscarriages are hard, but I have no idea how hard. So sorry that happened to you. Have a great day. You've had real conversations with me about it and listen to me. And I think that is definitely something that makes it work for us is that I feel like I can text you and say, I just talked to my doctor and I finally went on medication for this problem that I've been having. And I'm so excited about it. And you're just as excited about that as, I, as you were when I had a baby. Nothing feels small, I feel like for us. Something too I've been learning as I've had lots of friends who are stay-at-home parents. It's easy in our culture to be like, oh, like all you do all day is stay home with kids. And that's not true at all. Your life is like complicated and interesting. And I don't know if this is something I do well, but something I think a lot about is like being interested in your day-to-day and like asking questions and not assuming that I know what your day is like because you're home with kids. Because I think that's something that we do to women a lot that we assume like you're home with kids, that's what you do. There's nothing interesting to ask you about. And I think if your perspective of that 
is of that of your friend's life, then you're missing out on a lot of the wonderful complex things about your friend. I think also just missing like the fact that everybody is a total person, a three-dimensional person is what I want to say. Everybody yeah, may have a front that they're putting up, but just because I'm a stay-at-home mom doesn't mean that I'm not having this in this mental problem or mental battle or I'm not reading cool books or I don't have like career aspirations that I sometimes dream about and like those types of things. And I feel like you really know a lot of that about me. You look at me as Mari, not just like Mari mom, which a lot of people in my life inevitably just see me as Mari mom, which is fine, but it's just really different about our friendship as well. And that works well for me to have somebody that I can talk to just as easily about books as I can about my kids. Something that I was thinking about too, I think this was probably, it feels like a lifetime ago because of the pandemic, but it was probably <laughs> like January of last year. I just remember texting you one day and being like, do you just feel lonely a lot? And we just had a lot of conversations about being lonely and how we felt bad, like watching TV in our spare time, but like also it made us happy and that just life was weird. And I just feel like for other people, maybe the first thought wouldn't have been to text like their friend who was like married and with a kid. But I like feel like I could recognize from our conversations that even if our experiences were different, that like our feelings were similar. And so you actually are someone that I feel like I can talk about being lonely with, even though our lives look very different on the outside. I feel like there are things that like we share in that space. I Yeah, a thousand percent agree. And I really love that you're willing to talk about hard things with me, that you don't shy away from talking about loneliness because it might be maybe embarrassing or may seem like you're intruding or something like that. And I just feel like I've never felt that way about you, but that you're always willing to bring up the hard things and talk about hard things and not just push me off because I'm married so I shouldn't ever feel lonely. Like I just think that you do a really good job of that, of, rec of once again, just like that 3D idea that, yeah, sometimes I feel lonely, even though I'm married and have two kids and I am constantly surrounded by noise. Like, yes, sometimes within the chaos, I still feel really lonely. I appreciate your being able to recognize that and talk with me about it. And I think that's really something that keeps a friendship strong as people have different relationship experiences and family experiences. And especially at this point where like our lives look very different. You are a parent, you have two children, you have a husband, you're very much have started your own little family. And then my life is a lot more about my career and like my educational goals right now. And both of those things are very real and valid. And because we can talk about what we're reading and feeling lonely and like big ideas about what we're worried about. Even if our day-to-day -day isn't the same, we have a lot to talk about. Totally. And I have friends that when I got married and they weren't married yet, that it was very hard to maintain that relationship. And I have a really good friend who I love and I've been friends with, honestly, at this point for probably 20 years. But there was a couple years that I was married and she wasn't. And we really struggled to maintain our friendship until she got married. And then all of a sudden we were like able to be friends again because we had enough common ground. But I feel like that is a really valuable thing about being friends with long-term friends. I don't feel like you and I need to have common ground. We just have common ideas. We have common thoughts. We have common feelings. And we're willing to like figure those out about each other. Yeah, we both went to school. But like you are going to more school than I am. And I've never done a master's degree. But within a master's degree, there are really similar things to what I'm going through as well. And so I just think not being intimidated by that is like a really valuable thing in any friendship is not being intimidated by the loss of common ground but just finding common interests, common ideas within that. Are there other elements that you think are important to when you're like maintaining a relationship as like you're different, as your life's just change and go different ways? Something, especially with our friendship, I'm a lot more willing to explore our differences than I am with other people. I think that you and I think 
differently politically pretty frequently. But there's a lot of times that I've thought, oh, Maddie thinks this, and I could totally just leave it at that. And I think, no, Maddie said this. She's my friend. Why does she think that? Why does Maddie feel this is the right way to vote or the right idea? And I feel like I've learned a lot from you about different political stances and ideas and things like that. And that's just like a really small facet. But I think being willing to explore differences instead of push them aside and say, oh, no, we don't think the same about that. So if we just ignore that part of our friendship, then we can stay friends. But I don't feel like there's any part of you that I have to like ignore completely or else I can't be friends with you. Even if I completely disagree with something or whatever, if we completely disagreed about something, I think that I would feel like, "Mm, yeah, we just disagree about that part and we can talk about it civilly, but we talk about these things more easily. So this is what we normally talk about. The other thing that I would say is really valuable to me and that you do a lot and I try to do in return is learn more about each other's past experiences. You and I have known each other for a long time, even if we haven't been totally awesome friends the whole time. But even just learning more about your past and like your family history and like your relationships with your siblings and your mom and all those types of things, just trying to learn more about those things and being brave enough to ask questions that may be seen as like maybe a little insensitive. And obviously I'm not trying to be rude ever, but I just think instead of saying, yeah, Maddie has three siblings. I say, why does Maddie get along with this sibling? Why doesn't she get along with this sibling? What makes her laugh? What makes her not laugh when her siblings do, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think those two things, exploring differences and looking more to understand people's pasts have been really valuable in our relationship and helping me feel a lot closer to you and vice versa. And I think that's interesting too, as you bring it up, because I hadn't thought about that. But I feel like if your friendship is based on wanting to understand someone as a whole person and wanting to understand big ideas about something, there's always things to talk about, even if your common experiences on a day-to-day basis are not the same. Which is what I feel like a real friendship is. All of us have probably had work relationships and things that end when the job ends. Even though we like feel like we're really good friends with those people, when we don't have anything in common anymore, we're like, whoop. Yes, we weren't that good of friends. And so that's to me what a true friendship is saying. The job ended, but we still like each other and we still hang out. We still chat. Something else you mentioned about is we text a lot, but what do you feel like are things that kind of define the way that we keep in touch? Something that I love, love and never want you to stop doing is you always call me after a trip that you go on. You go on a lot more trips than I do, but you always call me, tell me where you stayed, tell me what you saw, tell me what you ate, especially what you ate. That's what I like super appreciate is hearing about all the new ice cream flavors you tried on this particular most recent trip. I just really love hearing about your travels and what you do. And so that is something that I feel like, oh, Maddie went on this trip and she wants to tell me about it. And that helps me feel like really special and like, okay, yeah, we're friends and she tells me about our trips and I love it. And I feel like we do talk on the phone when texting is not fast enough or is just way too hard for one of us. Then I think we do talk on the phone and texting. And I think for me, that's just so valuable because of how my life is right now. But I also think it's so nice that you live in the heart of Logan because then when I'm in town and I drive by your house, I'm like, I can just stop and say hi to Maddie really fast. What do you think about staying in touch? What works for you? This is something that I love about you. When you were nursing your babies, I would often, I feel like a few times a week, wake up to a few like midnight texts and by wake up like my phone was on silent so when I woke up in the morning I would have these midnight or 1am that were like the middle of the night feeding texts that like you've been feeding your baby and so you texted me I was glad that I was somebody that you like thought about during that time and wanted to text you what you like had read or what you'd been thinking about and I just think like you were saying with like stopping by your house I think what's made this work is we've been very okay with being flexible 
And I don't have a calendar or anything, but I try to remember a few times a week if I hadn't heard from you to like check in and see how you are. And I think that those are important things, making sure that you like touch base with the people that you care about, but also just being like very open to like what time is like, because life just changes and it gets wild. And I think something too that you're really good at and I'm trying to be better at is you know what my interests are. And so if you see some watercolor that you think I'll really like, then you like send it to me and like those types of things. Like when I'm browsing online and I see a shirt that reminds me of you, I see an artist that you told me about and they have something new that just released. I think those types of things as well, being aware of each other's interests. And then that's like a really great and fun way to check in too. Something else that's really fun is we bought houses at the same time. And so it's been so much fun because we've both been like decorating and like loving on our houses. And like your house is like a new build and my house is 108 or 9 years old. So it's just been a very different experience, but such a fun experience. And we've both been decorating and we've both been looking at curtains and wallpaper and painting. I get so excited when you're like, I'm going to do this thing or like, what about this for my bathroom? It's just been like this lovely thing that even though so many things in our lives are very different is that we do have this common experience and being able to like share ideas about it is really fun. Yes, my favorite is when you couldn't decide what color of rug to buy. So you bought two rugs in one month because you bought a yellow and didn't like it. And then you needed a pink rug. That's a great time. Our houses definitely bring us together. That's for sure. When your friends have kids, it adds a whole new dynamic to your relationship. I asked Mari about what kinds of things communicate to her that her friends value and respect both her and her children. The number one thing for me is that I've never felt like you're annoyed with my kids. Even if you are. Like, you came over to babysit one time and Ace cried for an hour and a half, and you were super nice about it still. I know you probably went home and drank a Dr. Pepper or something and took a deep breath and felt grateful that you didn't have a baby, but... I didn't feel like you were overwhelmed by that. And I've never felt that way. Even when I first had Teeny Rex and you would just come over and Rex was never that interested in visitors and he still isn't. But like he does, he just never felt in the way for you. And neither of my kids has ever felt like they're in the way. And so I think that's a really important thing to me is you're never like mad at me that I'm feeding my baby while I talk to you. You're never mad at me that Rex is gabbing over the top of us the whole time. You're just like laughing and trying to get Rex to to say real words or talk louder or whatever. I feel like that is like a really important factor for me. And then the other thing I think is that you just know how to talk to kids really well, which sounds dumb, but like you speak really positively. Like you don't say like if Rex ever like hits you or like tries to like aggressively share a toy with you, then you just say things to him like, okay, let's be soft. Like you can hold it, you can touch it, but we can't throw it. We just have to be soft. I trust how you talk to my kids. I don't feel like you're annoyed with them. You're not saying unkind things to them. You're just not being like another grouchy adult in their life. You're just like being there. I genuinely like really like your kids as like people, even though they're still like very little, they are people I like. I want to be their friends. And something that I remember is it was probably the first summer Rex was born. We like made plans in the evening to get frozen yogurt. And I remember you brought Rex and I was surprised because I just wasn't used to like Rex being around. He was just a few months old. And I remember it had this very clear thought and it was like, Mari has a little kid now. If you want to be friends with Mari, you have to be friends with her kid. So I feel like from specifically that moment on, that was just a very conscious decision that I made was like, Mari is so important to me. I want to make sure that her kids are never a problem in our relationship. That makes me feel like a really valuable person as well, because there are people that see that I have kids and don't want to put in the effort anymore because I'm too much work with my kids. And that's fine. I totally a thousand percent understand that. There were people like that in my life. They got married, they had kids, and we just weren't good enough friends for me to maintain that relationship when it was so much effort for both of us. 
But I just feel like even you saying that right now just makes me feel like really happy and like really like I'm worth Maddie's time and my kids are worth Maddie's time. I do feel really lucky too that hopefully if I treat your kids well, that I will be one of their trusted adults. Maybe I won't live in Cache Valley. Maybe I won't live near you forever. But I do think there is something really awesome about getting to be the friend. And if you are respectful of your friends as parents and respectful of their children, that you can be a trusted adult for them. That's the kind of person I want to be in my community because I know just how important those kinds of people were for me growing up. And I think already, like Rex is only two, but he loves it when you come over and he jumps all over you and is like really excited, which is Rex's way of showing love. And he wants you to play with him and he loves when you play with him. And so those types of things communicate to me very clearly that Rex trusts you and he's okay with you. That's just really important to me that even Rex feels comfortable around you because there are some adults that Rex just doesn't care about. No matter how many times he sees them, he just doesn't like them. I think two helpful principles for interacting with your friend's kids are one, following the lead of the parents and how they talk or play with their kids, and two, being interested in the child as a whole person, just like you would hopefully do with an adult. I totally agree with that. And I think you do a good job too at getting in the minutia with Rex as well. Like you're not afraid if he's playing a toy to like look at it and play with him for a little while or a little while, or if he brings you a book, then you show him some pictures on there and point at the eyes and the noses or whatever those types of things. That's one thing that I would say is like a lot of people might feel uncomfortable if a child like approaches them first, but just like taking your cues from the parents and then also taking your cues from the child. If they're handing you a book, it's okay to open it. Even read the words or just point to a few things or colors or whatever that idea of just interacting with the child the way that you would with any grown up that you meet. That If they handed you a book, you would look at it at least or ask them about it. Even if they don't understand your questions, I feel like Rex recognizes that somebody's asking a question and will like use his answer or question voice and blah, 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 blah. My other favorite thing is that you play Play-Doh with Rex. He loves Play-Doh. When you come to our house for the intent of seeing our kids and for playing with the kids, you bring them maybe a little snack or you bring them, you brought Rex a balloon for Valentine's Day and that was like the best toy in our house for a week or so. And just Rex like really loves new things to play, really loves new things to touch and look at. And so like that idea too, if you feel uncomfortable like approaching a child, like having something like a little Play-Doh in your purse, if you're going to go to someone who has a kid, I mean, Play-Doh is a pretty far out there thing, but just that idea of even if you have a pen in your purse, showing them how to open and close the pen, that kind of thing is like very entertaining and can get you like a lot of brownie points with a kid really quick that they like really like you from then on. I care about your boys and I want them to have a good life. And I feel like that's an important part of our foundation. I feel like if I didn't care about your boys, if I didn't want to hear about them, if I didn't want what was best for them, that our friendship wouldn't work. And so I think that's my advice to someone is that if you love people, you need to love the people that are closest to them. You have to do that. And if you don't do that, it's not going to be able to work out. Well, and even just understanding like that fact, like Ryan and the boys are like very permanent fixtures in my life. And so in my life, if Ryan gets a new job, that's a huge deal for me. And I feel like you're just as invested in Ryan getting a new job as if I were to tell you that I got a new job because those things really affect my daily life. And so if you're getting new roommates, if something happens in one of your roommates leaves all of a sudden, like those types of ideas, those are the people that are like affecting your daily life. So yes, I should be invested in them because those are the people that are in the minutiae of your life. And so it's important for me to know about them and care about them. Plus, I would be really boring to be around if you didn't like listening about my kids or at least pretend to like listening about my kids because that's it. I mean, most of my daily experiences revolve around them. So if you didn't like hearing about Rex's developmental stages, you'd probably be pretty bored within two minutes of every conversation we have. 
I feel like it comes down to two things that are like very important for like relationships as people's lives change and especially as they maybe take different paths. And I feel like the two things that make a friendship work are being focused on big things, like big feelings of like, I feel worried, I feel nervous, I feel lonely, but also caring about the details of someone's life. And I think if you're interested in the details of someone's life, but you can also connect over maybe some of the like big feelings that are very universal, I feel like that's key to a friendship being able to be strong. I 1000% agree. And I think that just even if you have one of those things down pretty well, and you're willing to do the work, then it makes it really easy to do the other things. So even if up to this, if you're trying to build a relationship with somebody, and I feel like you and I did this, that like, we did know that we had a couple of the big things in common. And then I feel like you and I got down to the nitty gritty and got to know each other in the details of each other's lives. And that's the one part of that was not enough to make us have a good friendship. But once we got more invested in each other's daily lives, then it was like, oh, now we have a really solid friendship. And I feel like we just have like this positive interaction all the time going on because of that, because we're both concerned about the details of the other person's life. And I think you're interested in me growing. I think that's actually something that I would say is really important to me. You are very interested in my growth. You're not very interested in me just saying the same girl that you met five years ago. Everything I've done to grow, everything I've done to change, you're very invested in and very interested in and super supportive. And so that's been really positive for me to have somebody that like, no matter what, I like know if I'm trying to make positive changes in my life that you will support those and you will cheer me on and you will check in, check in on me and you will have ideas and suggestions. I think that's super valuable and a really important part of our friendship. And that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. And a big thanks to Mari, who was the very first person I told about my podcast idea and the first person I interviewed for the project. You can find this podcast on Instagram at not a backup plan, and you can find me on Twitter at Madeline K. The spelling for both of those is in the show notes. If you'd like to support me and the show, the link for my Patreon is in the show notes as well. And please leave a review if you've enjoyed listening. And remember, no matter what's happening, this is your life. It's not a plan B.